Jesus said these words that are relevant to us today. And when we're inviting more of Jesus into our life, it's important for us to have a look at them. Jesus said this in John 3, 16 and 17. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. We have been um, focused on God over the past month more than anything else um, in our times getting together. We have been wanting to get closer to God, wanting to be more focused on God than anything else in our weekly times of focus. And I'm so thankful for the message that comes to us through Jesus. I'm so thankful for it. And you may be uh, watching this and listening to this right now, and you might uh, be in need of receiving that forgiveness. Like we talked about last week, where God wants to lift up off of us the guilt of our mistakes, the weight of the wrong that we have done, and bring forgiveness, a spiritual cleansing, and a new spiritual life to us. And so, If that's you today, I want you to just, let's take a moment and pray together. I want you to confess where you've been wrong, and I want you to ask for God's forgiveness. God, we come to you right now, and every single one of us as a human has made mistakes in this life. Every single one of us is in need of your forgiveness, of your spiritual cleansing, of your, of your new spiritual life. And we thank you that you did show us love first before we've done anything through Jesus. I thank you for that. And so right now, we come to you, and we just confess wherever we've been wrong, and we ask for your forgiveness. God, would you forgive us for our wrongs, wash us clean, make us new in you, give us your new spiritual life. We receive it from you today. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You, It's possible that you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, or maybe you're in a place where you need to come back to Jesus. And I just want to lead you in a prayer of dedication, a prayer of confessing you wrong, receiving the, the love of Jesus like we just did, but also making a fresh commitment to live out of a wholehearted devotion to God because of this forgiveness. Um, it is a powerful thing. And so if that's you, just feel free to repeat this prayer after me. And I would encourage everyone else to pray for them as we do. And also feel free to share this with others. All right, so repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. We uh, celebrate with you, um, all of you who are believers in Jesus, all of you who have made an important decision today, please do reach out to us. We would be more than happy to send you a Bible and a purple book that will help in your journey. More than happy to connect with you personally, myself, Pastor Rebecca, or others that can help walk you through this journey. You shouldn't go through it alone. God loves you. He doesn't want you to go through it alone. 
Jesus with his words about God's love and what it means to us in this forgiveness and new spiritual life that are available to us. He is speaking from the foundation of who God is. God, we, we, we know God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And over the past month, we've been looking at one of the most important stories of the Bible, Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 or 7, where the people had uh, been rescued from Egypt by God, and uh, Moses had called uh, God had called Moses to come away with him to receive some instructions. And the people got impatient, and they asked uh, that they 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 brought different jewelry uh, and gold, and they had it melted down to create the statue of a calf that they could worship instead of God, rejecting God, turning away from God, and God saw this and was hurt by it, was angry by it. And he told Moses that he was going to punish the people for what they had done. Moses turned with the people to seek God's forgiveness, to ask God for help. God forgave them. But then also God was telling him they were going to, he was going to send them on to the land that he had promised them but he wasn't going to go with them personally. And Moses said, no way, don't send us into that new promised land without your personal presence. And God said, okay, I will come with you. And then Moses asked for God to reveal himself to Moses. And God did this calling out his own name and a description of himself and what he's like. And we've been looking at that the past month and just wrapping it up in transition. I want to talk about something new today, but here's how God described himself that Jesus was speaking to in what he said in John 3, 16. Here's what God said in Exodus chapter 34, 6 and 7. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Now, this is unbelievably unique from the essential characteristics of any person you have ever known in your life. Only the one true living God is like this. And over the past month, we've been breaking down the different words that God used to describe himself to help us understand who God is. This God who forgave people who betrayed him. This God who was responding to their repentance, making a path for restoration available. I want to title today's talk, A New Path. Uh, This past uh, week, on my day of rest, I needed some time to myself, and I went to an area that I had never been before, had kind of scouted the general area before, and I discovered a path that I had never walked on before. And that's it's something that I enjoy. I enjoy exploring. And so I'm walking through this path, and it's overgrown in some places, and so I'm cutting my way through. And I come out to a place on the water that was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, this new path I'd never been on before. And I just enjoyed some quiet time uh, in nature, seeing um, different animals, actually even um, uh, got surprised by a couple 
And I did a little bit of fishing uh, for uh, an hour or so. And actually, uh, much to my surprise, uh, I caught a bass. Uh, it's getting cooler uh, in temperature uh, this time of year. And, and so I just wasn't really expecting that. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was great. And uh, so it was a rewarding uh, exploration of a new path. And when God revealed himself to people and what his characteristics were like, he also was revealing to them a new path, a new way of living, a way of living that they would not have discovered if they were just doing their own thing, if they were just following their own instincts or cravings. God was showing them a new path forward. And I want to talk a little bit about one of the ways in which we should respond to this study that we've been on over the past month about who God really is, this unbelievable description of God's faithful love, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's graciousness, the way that God gives us love first. It, it, it's, it really does bring us to an entirely new path that I think is relevant to the events of our day, the things that we are currently living through and experiencing. And so today we're actually going to get practical. But I want to just remind you at the beginning that everything we're going to talk about today is based on this relationship that you have with God that when you receive this love from God, it literally changes everything, okay? So all the verses we're going to read, all the things we're going to talk about right now are written to people who have received this love from God, who have gotten to know who God is in the way that he revealed himself, all right? So it's a, it's a new path. It's a new way. Jesus says this, Mark eleven twenty five. When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus makes it very clear that forgiveness is a priority on this new path. Matthew 18 verse 15, Jesus talk, teaches for a while about forgiveness restoration and reconciliation. And he says something uh, uh, repeated, but just want to lift one verse from it. Matthew 18, verse 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. In Jesus' instruction about when things go wrong between us, Restoration is the goal. It's the hope. It's the aim. It's what Jesus' followers are supposed to be working towards. And so restoration is the goal. Restoration is on this new path. We read a little bit more about this in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 15. Work at living in peace with everyone. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. This is a being attentive to each other um, in our relationships with each other to help make sure that each person is receiving the grace that God has for them. And watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Wow, so this is these are some action words. These are some directives about posture, about predisposition, about actions, about decisions. And it's a new path, a, a path of restoration. 
going on a little bit further on this theme, Colossians chapter 3 verses 13 through 17 says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. There's that forgiveness piece again. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And this is an essential part of everything that we're talking about, right? When I receive the forgiveness that God extends to me through Jesus, I'm forgiven of my own sin. And God who is pure, God who is blameless, God who never wronged me, the things that I have done to wrong God are worse than things that other people have done against me. And I need to be remembering that God forgave me before I start to walk this new path. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. So important for us to not lift that out of context of what it's talking about. It's God's love bringing us together in harmony. The peace of Jesus Christ in our hearts. For as members of one body, you were called to live in peace. And always be thankful. There's the word of the past week, right? Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Not put your opinions on other people, but the wisdom we get from Jesus and our relationship with God. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The context here is so important. We receive the forgiveness of God. We are thankful for the forgiveness of God, and now we walk this new path of restoration. That's where the peace of Christ in our minds, that's where all these other things, singing psalms and hymns, all of those other things are set in that context. We also see this referenced in Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21, just one line from it. As far as it is up to you, pursue peace. Now, Let's just take a breath, right? Uh, this is kind of a season of, of, of holiday movies and shows and things. And, and maybe uh, for you, it is about Festivus, uh, the holiday for the rest of us. And, and Festivus was a, a, a time where uh, creative characters had an airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. An airing of grievances without a new path of restoration is toxic and it's not the way of Jesus. Uh, the way of Jesus is a new path, a path of restoration, a path where reconciliation is possible. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that. So forgiveness, like we receive from God, a lifting off of the offense is something that we can do at first in private between us and God for another person and what they've done to us or for us or against us. We forgive them. Okay. Right. So God, I forgive that person for stealing, um, let's say the RoboCop stole my lunch money. God, I'm going to forgive RoboCop for stealing my lunch money. That forgiveness is the, the starting place. And then 
uh, if I'm going to follow the direction of Christ, this new path for restoration, there's going to need to be a conversation. And here's what the conversation should include, this new path of restoration. It's a conversation between two people. And Jesus specifically says to go in private where I say, this is what happened. Okay, this is the thing that happened between us and I describe it. And then this is how it impacted me. RoboCop, when you stole my lunch money, I didn't have lunch money anymore to buy my lunch. And then after describing what happened and how it impacted me, now I describe the damage that it caused. Okay, RoboCop, you stole my lunch money and now I didn't have the ability to buy lunch. But also then I was afraid that you might do it again. And I was afraid that other people might steal my lunch money. That's the damage that it caused in me and the damage that it caused in our relationship. And then how we walk the new path of restoration is we describe, this is how we can be reconciled, RoboCop. I want you to make an apology to me for stealing my lunch money, where you say what you did that was wrong and your understanding of the damage that you caused and that you seek forgiveness. That's a part of it. That's a forgiveness moment that happens where we, uh, we, a person would say, okay, I recognize this is what I did that was wrong. This is the damage that it caused. I'm sorry about that. Please forgive me. I make a commitment with God's help. I'm never going to do that again. And what happens on this new path of restoration is that then there's a conversation about, hey, this is how we can relate in healthier ways in the future. Now, obviously, with my silly example of RoboCop stealing my lunch money, it's pretty simple. RoboCop, don't ever do that again. Um, let's have a conversation maybe about how you can have your own lunch money, right? Um, but that conversation could also include, hey, this is how I would prefer that you would handle it differently in the future. So RoboCop, in the future, if you don't have lunch money, let me know. We can share lunch. This is how it might work differently in the future. So obviously, being a little bit silly, RoboCop's definitely not a Christmas movie. Well, let's think about Home Alone. Okay, so the movie Home Alone, what happens? The family is going on a vacation, and uh, the night before they head out for the flight, uh, there is, spoiler alert, I mean, it's kind of an old movie at this point, there's an argument in the house, and uh, the one son is grounded and sent up to the attic, and um, as a result, and they're, they're, they, uh, they sleep in the next morning, and when they're heading out to go to the airport, um, they forget that he's still sleeping up in the attic neighbor kids out at the van he gets counted as one of their kids and they get on a plane without him and then he is home alone when you think about the um the new path of restoration going forward a part of the conversation between them between uh the family and uh macaulay culkin right would be hey um, this is what I did that was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that again. Please forgive me. But in the conversation too, the, uh, there is this conversation of, hey, I wish you would do this differently in the future, but not just pointing to this is what you did that was wrong, but actually saying, this is how you could do it differently that would help me. Because the reality is, is that we're going to be frustrated with each other, right? So the parents can have a conversation with 
the, the son and say, hey, when you are being mistreated by other people in the house, when you are um, angry and frustrated because of this, that, and the other thing, let us know. And here's the best way to let us know. And here's how you can let us know so that it's productive. It's this new path of restoration, like we read about in the scriptures, this example from God, right? And that's something that usually um, it's not just one person that is at fault in a situation. Usually we all have some responsibility going on. And so even though the conversations might not be perfect, even though we might make mistakes the first time we have the conversations, it's really important that we don't fall into this trap of cancel culture and canceling people far too quickly. In my experience, what we find is that people are quick to cancel each other in relationships and God is very, 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 very slow. And we've just spent a month in looking at that, talking about that, and there's still more to learn about it, honestly. And so if we want to receive the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and then extend it to others the way that Jesus tells us to, if we're going to do that, then that means that we need to really be transformed and changed. Like our normal human nature needs to be changed in this everyday interaction with God, this receiving forgiveness for where I've been wrong. Uh, it's got to get real um, so that I realize that I have been forgiven of much. And then it becomes easier for me to extend forgiveness to others and walk this new path of restoration. Um, the reality is, um, and man, this is definitely true in my own life, there have, unfortunately, there have been times where I'm not aware of things that I've done or said that were hurtful, and I need other people to help me realize it. And then sometimes I can realize quickly, okay, this is how I need to do things differently in the future. But then sometimes I do need the help of someone else to say, hey, in the future, I wish you would handle it like this or say it like this or not say that. Um, and the conversations with each other, this is how it's real, this love of God. This is how uh, following Jesus gets recognized as something that is like from another world, that is supernatural, that people want to be a part of. And, and think about this. This is a way, uh, maybe one of the most important ways, maybe a way that we want to avoid. This is a way that we can draw people to Jesus. And no matter how complex the issue there is going to be something in scripture that speaks to it. And I think we do need to have a pause where we say, am I listening to God? Am I aware of what God has already said on the subject? Have I studied what God said about how I should behave with my words or with the stewardship of my non-renewable resources, my time, energy, and money? Am I aware of what God's already said about how I should show loving respect to other people or how I should walk in forgiveness or this new path of restoration? A lot of times God has already said something that's relevant to us. So let's take a breath and let's just talk about for a second, what do we learn through these things? These, these verses that we've mentioned pretty quickly today that we really should spend a significant amount of time and energy 
absorbing and learning from? Well, what do we learn? Well, number one, God gives faithful love first. God gives faithful love first. God is the source of life. God is the giver. God is the original giving tree. God is the one who is pure, who no matter how many, how many times people have wronged him, God is giving them a chance to turn away from their wrong and receive his love and forgiveness. And God starts the relationship that way. God gives faithful love first. He doesn't give up. Number two, God offers forgiveness. What did Jesus say? This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That is the way forward. God extending, giving us love first, offering us forgiveness. And number three, God makes a path of restoration available. What we see in the example Exodus chapter 34, is that God followed this forgiveness by giving them uh, guidelines, helpful instruction uh, for how to live, for how to do life, for, for how to live in right relationship with him, with God. God walked them through, hey, this is how we can live together in peace. This is how we can walk the path of restoration together. Um, and so that's something that God did in his example. That's something that Jesus modeled. That's something that we actually see if you go looking for it in the scripture and many examples of the lives of other people. Uh, number four, what we learn is that God wants us to share forgiveness with others. We see that very clearly from the scriptures here. I mean, Jesus makes it clear. Um, we need to do this if we want God to forgive us. Number five, we learn that God would have... Um, would have us offer restoration to others. God wants us to walk on this new path of restoration, making it available to others. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew chapter 18 that that restoration is the goal. So what should we do about it? Well, we talked about this last week um, at length, but first and foremost, and we started this message with this, believe, believe that this truth about Jesus is real and is available to you. Repent, turn away from your sin, confess where you've been wrong and turn away from a me first lifestyle. Live, uh, live your life for God. Um, in that way, you can receive the forgiveness of God that we're talking about. So believe, repent, and receive. That's the starting point. Number two, daily interact with the God of faithful love and forgiveness. This is so very important. What you want to be doing if you want to experience this love and this peace is you want to be in a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ where you're interacting with God every day. That's where you're going to become more and more aware of the presence of God in your life, of the force of the love of God in your life. But it really needs to be an everyday thing. What you're giving your best of your energy to, the best of your focus to. Number three, what should we do? Share forgiveness with others. Jesus makes it very clear this is not optional, um, that this is essential, that you should be sharing forgiveness with others. It's a decision that you make, and there's certainly a whole lot more that we can talk about it, and I do recommend the book Unpacking Forgiveness. Uh, number four, make restoration available to others. We are supposed to pursue it as far as it is 
uh, possible on our own end. We should be walking this new path of restoration, making the restoration available to others. Now, number five is a little bit bigger. And we've talked in this message today, focused on the starting point that may be most difficult for us, which is personal Um, taking the implications of God's love for us and then making it real in our relationships with other people. But I want us to also be aware that many of the problems we're facing in our world right now are actually because there are people and, and even people groups that are not walking this out. And I believe that it is a word from God for you, for us, for Baltimore City, for the state of Maryland, for the nation of the United States, and its relationships with other nations. God wants us to walk a new path of restoration. Listen, there's a season for everything, but I believe what is really, really important for each of us is that we are aware that This is a season where we need to walk a new path of restoration. We need to make restoration available between us and others. And then in any aspect of your your life between groups of people and institutions and organizations. And think about this. uh, Right now in in the the various uh, narratives in in our public um, conversation, there are particular groups that are focused on fighting. They're focused on burning down the other side. They have canceled the other side. They have decided that the other side is hopeless and they're just making war on other groups of people. And that is not the path of God. The path of God calls people into forgiveness, but not just pretending like the wrongs didn't happen, confessing the wrongs, making them right, amends and restitution, but then walking in a new path of restoration where uh, each person is receiving loving respect. That's the desire of God above and beyond everything else. And we as believers and and different ones of us have different Uh, levels of influence in different organizations, we need to understand that this is a part of God's value system. And so it should be a part of our value system. And it should be what we are asking for in every organization and even from our nation. It is time for us to build a path of restoration, for us to be thinking about what will make possible a lasting peace. This is very critical. um, And There's so much more that can be said about it, um, but I just want us as believers to have an eye for it. I want to say a word of prayer, and then I want to um, uh, shift uh, for some other comments as well. God, I thank you that you revealed yourself to Moses and to the people of Israel, and that all throughout Scripture we see people in relationship with you referring to to you by these same descriptive words that you use to describe yourself. And so we can believe that you are a God of faithful love, a God merciful and gracious, a God that's overflowing with that, a God that is protecting it, a God that forgives it. That's what you're here for. You're here to forgive us. We thank you for that, God. We don't deserve your forgiveness. We need your love Help us to walk in it. Help us to extend it to others. Help us to learn more what it means to walk in the path 
of restoration. I thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, um, I really have uh, enjoyed our time together today. And what I want to do is um, also just give a quick comment about the season we are coming into. This week, we enter the season of Advent. We're looking to the light of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it's really important that we're not most defined by things that are fiction and entertainment or on Hallmark greeting cards. But for uh, centuries, Jesus' followers have marked this season of Advent, a time of expectant waiting, uh, preparation for the celebration of the nativity of Jesus at Christmas, a a reminder of the birth of Jesus. The Latin Adventus is the translation of the Greek word used to refer to the second coming of Christ. For Christians, the season of Advent anticipates the coming of Christ from three different perspectives. His birth at Bethlehem, in our hearts every day, I want the Lord Jesus to be present in my heart every day. That's second. And third, anticipating his glory at the end of human history, that Jesus will return in victory, bringing ultimate fulfillment to all that we long for, all that God has promised. The season of Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah and to be alert for his second coming. Listen, God is bringing the light of Jesus into our world of darkness. I hope that right now you're already making plans for how to turn the light up, for how to be more focused on Jesus than anything else. I would hope that you would start to set out um, maybe even a Bible reading plan to go back to look at the stories of the birth of Jesus and what it meant to the eyewitnesses. What did it really mean to the people who were there, who saw it with their own eyes, who heard Jesus speak, who, who heard people explain the fulfillment of the prophecies? Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Hey, thank you so much for being with us today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.